well, we want this land, you want that land. Well, let's negotiate and we'll split it in half or something. Uh, these people want the death of Israel. And that's the only goal. Uh, and so if Israel, uh, and, and if you look at the history of these things, they have tried to negotiate. Israel has actually tried to negotiate in good faith uh, with these people and they'll walk away because uh, they're only, they're only one line on their, on their deal is we want Israel to stop being a nation and to kill all the Jews. Uh, well, nobody's going to sign up for that, right? You know, if, if uh, well, I'll give you $100,000 and the other person says, yeah, but I want you dead and off the earth. Well, no, you're not going to sign up for that, right? Uh, and so, so that's the, that's the conflict. And, and because they're that way, because they, they hate God. Uh, they hate the, the only true God. Uh, and so, and if you're a representative of the only true God, and Israel is a representative of the only true God, you know, they're not Christians, of course, but they do serve Jehovah God that, that uh, is the same God that we serve. Uh, they hate, they hate him. And, and the spirits that drive them hate that God as well. So, uh, so, uh, always keep an eye on the spiritual things because it'll keep you, it'll, first of all, it'll keep your emotions from getting involved on, on, on all the actual events that are occurring and you'll see it as a spiritual conflict and then you can start dealing with it from a spiritual standpoint as well, amen? Uh, and so um, we'll let them deal with that and our prayers will be towards them for the Lord to assist them in, in doing that because they have a right to live in peace. You know, we live in peace and... Um, uh, you know, we don't know what it's like to, to uh, hear air raid sirens in the middle of the night and have to go find a, a bomb shelter. There are no bomb shelters in Dayton that I know of, right? I'm sure somebody's got one buried in a backyard that they, that they put in there 50 or 60 years ago. Uh, but uh, there's bomb shelters in all the cities of Israel. Uh, and so, you know, you shouldn't have to live that way. But that's the way they live. That's a normal part of their life. It's an unfortunate part of their life, but it's a normal part of their life. Uh, and so... So I encourage you to continue to pray uh, in that regards for the success and the, the peace. The Bible says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And peace means to be free from the ravages of war. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the, these people can straighten up uh, if they want to, but um, uh, otherwise they'll have to be dealt with because uh, they're a threat to, uh, to an entire nation. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and we'll get into the, into the word tonight. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you that your word uh, gives us insight and revelation to who you are, that you are the only true God, that you've created the heavens and the earth, that you created the earth for the, for the uh, habitation of mankind, Father. And you made it a beautiful place, uh, Father. And mankind has done its best to mess it up. But we thank you, Father, that your creation is, is amazing and it's precious to us, Father. We thank you for the life that you've given to us, the breath that you've given to us, Father. We choose to use that life and breath for your benefit and for your glory. And we thank you for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to, to the book of Philippians. Uh, we'll continue there today. And um, we got down to, to verse 6, and I thought it'd be good just to read it again. Uh, it says, uh, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And to me, this is, this is a good, uh, uh, you know, I try not to, boil the Word of God down into formulas because you can sometimes get into too, into too much uh, legalism in that way. But this is, this is a good verse where uh, if you want to know how to do something, here's how to fix some of the things going on in your life. Uh, and so if you're one who worries about things or who uh, is heavy with the burdens of life, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of the people at church talk about, oh, life is such a burden, right? It's so heavy. Uh, and, uh, and yet 
Jesus himself told us in Matthew 11 that my yoke is what? Easy and my burden is what? Light. So if you don't live just a lighthearted life, if you're just always just weighted down, well, number one, that's not God's plan for your life. Uh, now, the root of that, I, you know, it, depend, it depends on your life. I can't tell you that it's the same thing for everybody. You know, some, sometimes uh, the weight of people's life is the conflict that's going on in their heart. Uh, that uh, on the one hand, their spirit man says, serve God. On the other hand, their flesh says, serve the world. Uh, and that conflict is there, and your mind is in the middle, and, and you don't want to make a choice because... Well, on the one hand, I need to serve God, you know, and, and that's the right thing to do. But on the other hand, I really like doing these things in the world. And, and what happens if you won't make a decision that, that, that it becomes pressure in your life. Uh, and it'll build and build. And, and oftentimes what happens, people will make a rash decision because of that pressure. They'll quit the church or they'll, uh, or they'll become a fanatic or they'll, you know, they'll do a lot of crazy things uh, to try to get out from under that pressure. And, and oftentimes uh, in that situation... The easiest way to remove the pressure is just make a decision for the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and if we would be convinced that it's actually the best thing is to always serve the Lord, that our life is the best, we're at the most peace, we're the healthiest, we're the most prosperous, we're the most full of joy. Uh, is that true? Well, those things are true, but I don't think the church quite believes that. Because if they did believe it, they would live that way. Amen? And so, they, uh, you know, they think, well, that's, it doesn't, that doesn't work for me. Well, I tried it and it didn't work. That's, not, that's never a true statement uh, because if you ever actually did it, it would work. Uh, and so there's no trying and it didn't work. That's, not a, that's never a true statement. But then, you know, other folks, uh, you know, they, they, they think they're living for the Lord, uh, but they also feel like they've got to carry the burdens of everybody around them and for their own life. You know, the, the worries about it and they're always trying to help everybody in, in the standpoint of taking their burdens onto themselves. Uh, and, and that becomes a weight. Uh, and, uh, and so, and it really, we say a weight, it's really the same thing as worry, right? You're worrying about that. And one thing that uh, I think Bob Yenin said that worry is always dealing with things uh, of the future, right? Tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow? If I don't fix this, what's going to happen tomorrow? If I don't help them, what's going to happen tomorrow? If I don't do this, what's going to happen tomorrow? Uh, and that's what worry is, right? And that worrying about tomorrow, worrying about uh, what's going to happen if, you can't fix this or you can't resolve this or you can't get this dealt with, then you, you carry that weight. And so, uh, but Paul said that you have the capacity to be careful or to be unfretful and non-anxious about anything. Is that a true statement? That's a true statement, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, and it's actually, uh, it, it's, it's not, uh, in this case, about, you know, you don't pray and the worry leaves. He says to, to be worried about nothing. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, we, we have to get things in the right order in the Word of God because a lot of times we think if we do this, then this results. Uh, and so we've got to make sure that uh, in this particular case that our prayers are not what cause the worries to leave. Uh, that the worry leaves because we choose to, to not carry it, right? So be careful for nothing. So that's a commandment, right? Uh, and so... Uh, and then he goes on and tells us, but in everything, when prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So we do those things, but we have to first start out with our part. And just to, to reiterate that, um, look at the First Peter chapter 5, because it tells us really how we're supposed to do it. So let's make sure we get things in the right order, because we want to be successful. 
Uh, and so 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Uh, and so uh, the amplified version of that um, says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. So this lines up perfectly with what Paul told us in Philippians chapter 4, to cast, right, to throw, to cast your cares upon him. So uh, the removal of, of worry is not a result of, of you praying, is not a result of you uh, asking the Lord to do things and then the worry leaves and, you know, uh, uh, you praying for, for the Lord to fix something and then he fixes it and so now there's no longer a need to worry. Uh, if he fixes it, there's no need to worry anyway, Amen. So you don't really do anything. Uh, so if you wait for it to be fixed and then stop worrying, well, then there's no need to worry. Amen. And so uh, the worry, the, the removal of worry is not a result of the Lord fixing things. The removal of worry is an act of faith. The Lord, I'm going to cast these cares upon you because you're going to help me resolve this. But the casting your cares comes first, right? Do not fret to have any anxiety about anything. So if you're going to live by faith, then you have to operate by faith. And operate by faith, then, then you say, Lord, then, then if I want everything that comes after this, then I have to do what, what is the first step. And my first step is if I want to be free from all these burdens, then I have to cast these burdens upon you. You're not going to take them from me, right? The people have gone up in prayer lines and, oh, just pray that the Lord gives me strength to carry even half these burdens, right? Uh, the, the one woman that went up in Brother Hagin's uh, prayer line said, uh, uh, ask the Lord to remove half of the burdens, because I think I can carry half of them. But if he could just take the other half, you know, that'd be great. Uh, and, and Brother Hagin, I ain't doing that, you know, because is that biblical? Lord, give me strength to carry these burdens. Any, any Bible verse for that? Any book chapter verse for that? No, but, but doesn't that sound spiritual? Oh, Lord, give me strength to carry these burdens, you know? And the Lord's like, dude, I, didn't, I, I told you not to carry yourself anyway. Why, why, why are you doing something I'm supposed to be doing, right? Why, why would you go with the, 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 the strong man, you know, you go, go and move furniture, and you got, you know, a, a big beefalo, you know, football player with you, but you're going to carry all the heavy stuff. And then, well, what's the heavy, what's the strong guy doing? You know, he's, you know, carrying the, you know, newspapers and, and uh, whatever, a couple things like that, small stuff, and you're carrying the, the couches and the refrigerators and the, no, it's like, you know, when I go somewhere with Jared, Jared, you do that, you know, he's stronger than I am, you do that, Jared. Uh, that's why I had kids, right? So they can do that. And so, <clears throat> I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense, right? Lord, you give me strength to carry it. And it's like, I'm way stronger than you. I know, Lord, but, uh, but I just feel better if I can carry it. And sometimes people's, uh, you know, it's amazing how sometimes people's uh, very um, uh, existence or, or who they are is wrapped up in the worry that they carry. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves if they didn't have anything to worry their identity is wrapped up in, in their worry. And, and that's the way it is with a lot of Christians is whatever the things they're doing, that their identity is wrapped up in that thing. Well, your identity is in Christ. I mean, your identity is in who you are in the Lord Jesus, that you are the beloved of God. Uh, and, and everything else is secondary, right? Uh, you know, uh, I was trained as an engineer. I worked as an engineer. I love being an engineer. But, I mean, I, I don't consider myself an engineer. I mean, I might say I'm an engineer, but, but you know, engineers uh, oftentimes have kind of a... a, a, a I don't know uh, what's, what's the best word for it, but uh, not a facade, but uh, just how they operate, you know, uh, uh, mannerisms. mannerisms, you know, uh, about when you think of an engineer, uh, a stereotype is what I'm thinking, you know, stereotypical engineer, right? 
glasses. Well, I got that one check mark, right? Uh, uh, you know, uh, knows a lot about computers. Well, I got that check mark, right? Uh, and, um, uh, and then awkward around people. Well, you know, I mean, I really have to work on that one, but, you know, that, that one has not been, uh, I kind of came out of the room that way, right? I've had to work out of that one some. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes for engineers. But I don't, def I, don't, I don't put myself in a box where that's the way that I am. In fact, I never say that that's just the way that I am. Because uh, any, any, person, any way that I am, as I'm reading the Word of God and I see a, a better way that I could be, then I'll lay aside what I think I am today and I'll pick that up. Uh, and I'll, oftentimes people get in a, in a box or a rut in their life, well, that's the way that I am. You know, I don't, I don't do that. I don't do this. Uh, I remember, uh, it's a small thing, but I remember one, one fellow, uh, when we, was my pastor, we were a, a running church. You know, you've been to a running church? You know, someone says boo and people running around the church, right? Uh, and nothing wrong with that. You know, I got no problem with that. I used to clock the secretary, you know, because she, she had a pretty good lap time around the church, you know, because I was in the sound booth, and I, uh, I really didn't do that. But because uh, but, uh, in her mind, she was, you know, this, this super fast person, but she, she didn't run very fast. And so, uh, but, um, uh, and so, uh, you know, I remember uh, there was a fellow at church there one time, uh, and he was dancing Holy Ghost, and I said, and, and I never danced in the Holy Ghost. And I said, Lord, if I ever dance in the Holy Ghost, I want to dance like that. Because it was real, right? A lot of times people dance in the Holy Ghost and it just, it's like they call it a charismatic two-step. You know, it's just something they're doing in the flesh. And sometimes you've got to start in the flesh and doing some things like that. I understand that until it gets over in the spirit. But some people never make it over into the spirit. They just they stay in the flesh. Uh, and so, and it happens. You know, I decided that, the, uh, that if I'm going to do that, I wasn't against doing it. But if I was going to do it, I would want to do it for real. I didn't want to do it, just fake it, you know. Uh, and so, you know, and we, we dance in the Holy Ghost, and every now and then, you know, if we go to certain meetings, you know, I might dance in the Holy Ghost. Uh, and, uh, I mean, that's not really who I am. That's not kind of the, per that's not really my normal personality. Uh, but, you know, I don't have any problem yielding to the Holy Spirit in that. Uh, but I remember talking to another uh, fellow engineer one time, and he said, yeah, I don't dance in the Holy Ghost. And, and I just thought, you know, I just don't want to put constrictions on my life. I don't want to say that, because if I say that, what if the Lord wants me to do that? What if, it's, what, if it would be, what if it would help my life to do that? For me to say no, then the Lord's like, man, you were so close. I had this thing for you over here, and I just needed you to just you know, yield to the Spirit of God and dance in the Holy Ghost, and, and it would have come into your life, uh, and it was, it, you would have been you know, way better in this area, whatever it is, but because you put constraints on me, I can't help you in that area. Uh, and, and how many times have we put constraints on the Lord? Well, I, I, don't, like, I don't do that, you know. I don't talk to strangers. I don't, you know, I, I don't do this. I don't do that. Uh, and, and we've got to be careful about putting constraints on the Lord to allow him to help us. So I, I don't like saying, I, and I never say, well, that's just the way that I am. That, that's always a, a great cop-out for, I don't want to serve the Lord, right? Uh, I don't want to change to be more like him. Uh, don't say things like that because we want to live by faith. And living by faith says, Lord, just whatever. I mean, the, living by faith is, Lord, whatever. Whatever you want me to do, that's fine, you know. Now, some people, you know, they, they dance in the Holy Ghost a lot. And I don't dance in the Holy Ghost a lot, you know. And so, but I do, you know, I have an, uh, danced in the Holy Ghost. I think we were at the Mark Hankins, you know. Uh, they're always swinging from the chandeliers in his meetings. Uh, and so, um, uh, it, it, look, uh, it, it, if you're uncomfortable with that, do, just do what I said. Well, Lord, if I'm, I, I, find someone that's doing it for real. And say, well, Lord, if they're doing it real, I'm going to do it like them. Because there's a lot of fake people doing things. You know, I want to do it fake. You know, I don't want to. Uh, 
pray and sound like, you know, a, a fake person. I want to pray. And that secretary that ran around the church, man, she could pray. If you ever heard her pray, man, she could pray. Uh, and so, so, so when it says be careful for nothing, don't put a constraint on the Lord. Like, well, Lord, I don't know how to live that way. I don't know how to live for free. And, you know, there's some people that they have no concept of living a free life. They've got so much burdens in their life, so much turmoil, so much hurricanes, disasters, uh, and, and in their mind, it's just turmoil all the time. They have no concept of what it would be like to live free. Uh, and, uh, and so they don't pursue it. Uh, when I got saved, you know, I was a mess when I got saved. I got saved when I was 15, 15 years old. Uh, and, and immediately I started reading the Word of God uh, because I just assumed that's what we're supposed to do as a Christian, right? Read the Bible because, I mean, what else, how else are you going to find out what you need to know, right? And, and so uh, as I would read the Word of God, I would see so many things that were in conflict with with my, my uh, long existence up to that point in time, right? My many years of experience as a 15-year-old uh, and, uh, and my philosophy of life that I had at 15 years old, right? Uh, and uh, as I read those things, I started laying those things down to pick up what the Word of God said that I could be. Uh, and it's really, uh, if you knew me when I was, of course, none of you in here knew me when I was a teenager, you didn't Christian know, when I, know me when I was a teenager, uh, but I'm not nearly the same person I was back then, uh, amen? And of course, part of it is normal, the normal growing up process too. Uh, but uh, when, I, when you get to verses like uh, Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. That's, that's a strong commandment, right? That is not a, a, a suggestion. It's not, uh, it's not a, um, a result of something where that, you're, that you no longer have cares in your life. It's not a result of, well, if I pray, all the cares are removed. No, it's you choose to remove the prayers out of your life. You cast your cares upon him. Uh, and that requires an act of faith. That requires an act of faith that says, Lord, if I do this, I have to have confidence that you're going to deal with it because uh, the reason why we have cares in our life, we have worries in our life, is because we want to help. We, we see something that's going on. We see somebody that's going through something. We desire to help. Oftentimes we're frustrated, especially when it comes to family or close, uh, close friendships. We see things... Uh, and we, but we carry the burden uh, uh, of that situation, sometimes even for you. You know, you don't see a way out of your bills. You don't see a way out, out of your circumstances you're in. Uh, and, and that worry of that, you know, the, the fretting of that, the constant uh, thinking about that thing over and over again uh, consumes your life. Uh, and, and, you know, you talk to a lot of people, uh, they, they don't sleep good. How many, how many Americans, how many people do you know just don't sleep well because of their worries and frets in their life. I, I just, you know, I, I wake up thinking about this all the time. I wake up thinking about it all the time. Uh, well, uh, I mean, that's, if you want to learn how to sleep well, that's one good way to sleep well, right, is to remove all, your, all the burdens. Uh, and so, so the question for us is, and, and, it's, and I ask this question lots of times when I read the Word of God, Lord, is this so? Is this so? Do you want me to live this way? Is, do you really, is this really true? I don't say this in a, in a, like, I don't know the answer. We know the answer, right? But sometimes it's good to ask, Lord, is this real? Is it, do you really want me to live this way? Is it, is it possible to live this way? And sometimes I ask the Lord that. Lord, is it possible to actually live this way where you're carefree without any frets or anxieties at all? Is it actually possible to live that way? Uh, and, of course, the answer is yes. But, you know, if you've got that hesitation in your heart, you need to ask that question for yourself. Uh, and then let the Lord, uh, you know, the Bible says that he bears witness with our spirit. He will bear witness with you that, yes, 100%, it's so. 
This is not pie in the sky. This is not just for the preacher. This is not just for somebody who's got nothing anyway. This is just the normal, uh, every single person in the world can live this way. No restrictions. You can live this way. Be careful for nothing. So, so we can't get to, to the end of verse 6 or even to the middle of verse 6 until we deal with the beginning of verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Nothing. No people, no finances, no health, no tomorrow, no vehicle, no dog, no cat, uh, nothing. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. That's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Uh, because if you do, then you're in violation of the Word of God. And anytime you're in violation of the Word of God, it constrains God's ability to help you. So we don't want to be rebellious of that. Uh, and, of course, some people say, I just don't know how to do that. You know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know people, I'm sure you know people like I know people, that are world-class worriers, right? You go to their house, they've got Ph.D. of worry on the wall, right? They've got degrees in it, right? And, and they're experts and professionals at it and many years of experience at it and got the, the, all the lines of the face, you know, that shows all the worry they have. And they almost wear it like a badge of honor, right? Oh, I've worried, I've worried so much. I've worried myself sick. You ever heard that? I've worried myself sick. Uh, isn't that a great confession, right? Oh, no. Worried myself sick. Uh, I don't even like, I, you know, I say, I have never said that phrase, you know, in public. I can't, I mean, I can't imagine uttering those words out of my mouth. I've worried myself sick. And yet, have, have people done that? Have people, you know, because doctors will tell you that, you know, your mind has a big impact on your physical health, Right? Uh, and they'll tell you that people that are uh, generally joyful and happy always do better in the hospital than people who are just sour and, and worried and fretful. And, uh, and, it's, and, and it's, it's a spiritual thing, too, right? Because as you do those things and violate the Word of God, you open yourself up to the devil, right? And so the devil has an opportunity to move in, in your life when you, do, when you do that. So can we do that? Can we be carefree? Can we live uh, in such a way? And Peter gives us the instructions on how to do it. You cast you throw, you throw those. And the way I do it, I say, Lord, uh, this thing right here, whatever it is, person, event, situation, uh, Lord, the, the worry of this or, or the resolution of this situation, I'm giving it to you. You resolve it however you want to. You resolve it whenever you want to. You resolve it in whatever way you see fit. Uh, and I'm, I'm asking you to resolve it. I desire it to be resolved. I want it to be resolved. It's part of my life. I, want, you know, I don't want to just... Uh, you know, some people, the way they deal with things is they stick their head in the sand, right? That's not living carefree of, of going, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Nah, nah, nah. You know, that's not, that's not living carefree. That's, that's living uh, really where you're not being responsible. No, we don't want to be responsible. A responsible person will say, I see that situation, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this situation which resolved by allowing the Lord to operate in that situation. So, Lord, uh, you deal with that. I'm casting a care of how, how that gets resolved on you, and uh, you do it however you see fit. And my faith starting today is, Lord, you're going to resolve this in whatever way that you see fit. And, if, and tomorrow, if that worry comes back, no, I've already, no, I've already, I'm not taking that back on me. Uh, I've already given that to the Lord. Uh, and so you, you do have to be diligent because tomorrow those same things are going to come back to you, right? They're going to come back. Well, it's not resolved today. You say, well, I've already prayed. And Lord, you know you've got that, uh, that concern in my life. I've cast that upon you. Uh, if there's wisdom or things you want me to do, I'll be glad to do it. If there's things I need to do about it, then you, know, you can tell me. Otherwise, uh, it's in your hands. Uh, and so always have an open heart because the Lord may say, well, you need to say this or do that. The Lord may tell you, don't do anything. Don't say anything about it. 
Uh, and so he's, is he smarter than you are? I know that's probably news for some information, right? New, uh, new, news for some folks that the Lord is smarter than him, but he is. He knows how to resolve it perfectly. Amen? To the best of your advantage and to the advantage of the people that you're, if it's people that, that you're concerned about. Uh, so you cast it upon him by, by saying, Lord, you take, this, you take this worry, you take this concern, you deal with it however you see fit in whatever time you see fit, uh, and, and I'm going to believe you that, that it's so. Uh, and when that worry comes back tomorrow, uh, Lord, I thank you. You don't ask him the second time because you've already asked him one time. The second time you say, Lord, I thank you that you've got this situation under control and you're going to resolve it however you see fit. If you need me involved in it, let me know. Otherwise, uh, you take care of it in whatever manner you see fit. Uh, see, that's a statement of faith. That's believing that God loves you. That's believing that your Father loves you. Uh, and uh, and that's, that's step one, right? That's just this first part of this verse here. And I want to read... Uh, some of these other uh, translations of, of the beginning of verse uh, 6 here. We read the Amplified, do not fret to have any anxiety about anything. And we may come back to these verses if we read through this verse here. Uh, one verse said, worry about nothing. Uh, well, that's pretty straightforward, right? Uh, worry about nothing. Uh, <clears throat> this one says, uh, quit of care. To quit being careful. Uh, and the rest of it is interesting. Em emancipate from fears and fantasies. Uh, well, that's, uh, when was the last time you used emancipate in, in a sentence, right? Other than in your civics class. But emancipate or declare yourself free from fears and fantasies. Uh, one translation says, let no care trouble you. Do not worry about anything. Don't worry so much about everything. Be being anxious for nothing, and there is no need to worry. And, and um, let's see, that one's pretty good there. Um, Nothing must make you anxious. Uh, and the last one, we already read that one there. So, so uh, it is possible to live this way. Amen. Uh, and, and before we get past that, let's turn back to Matthew chapter 6. We talked about some of this um, during uh, the Sermon on the Mount. But I won't hurt to, to reiterate this a little bit. So Matthew chapter 6, of course, Jesus is talking here. Uh, he says, therefore, I say unto you, this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Now, Jesus calls out specific things. Uh, and part of it is because in this time frame, <clears throat> you know, uh, were people worried about if their car is going to break down tomorrow? Were people worried about their bank accounts? Were people worried about, you know, is their roof, uh, maybe the roof, you know, but is their air conditioning going to break? Is the heater going to work? Uh, you know, there, there was, uh, surely, is their internet uh, going to work tomorrow, you know? I mean, heaven forbid the internet would go down, right? <clears throat> and so, uh, so he did list a few things here. Uh, and, you know, you may not have concern for, for these basic things. But that's why Paul expanded it <clears throat> to tell us, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. So Jesus and Paul are in alignment here. Jesus is using these, these simple examples because these are common things that people were worried about during uh, this conversation that Jesus had on the Sermon on the Mount. So take no thought. And that right there is worry. Uh, when you take that thought and you roll around in your mind over and over and over again, that's, that's worry, right? But you, but you took it. Nobody gave it to you. You took it. Amen? And so, uh, and I, I like the way Jesus states that. Take no thought. So, uh, who's responsible if you're worrying? You are. Why are you responsible? Because you took that thought. 
I mean, I can try to give it to you, but if you don't take it, you know, then you don't, you don't have the worry, right? See, people are all the time trying to bring worry into your life by doing things against you, doing things around you. And you go, oh, yeah, and you take that thought. Yeah, what are we going to do about that now? Five seconds before, you weren't thinking about it, were you? Yeah, you know, until somebody said, oh, I get some bad news. And they tell you, and then, oh, and then you took that thought, right? Uh, and so you don't have to take it, amen, because you cast that care. Uh, so if someone tries to do this, I'm not worried about that. Lord, you, you'll deal with that however you see fit. Uh, and so take no thought. Uh, and so Jesus, I like, Jesus is really trying to make a case uh, of these things. You know, he's trying to actually uh, bring some, some reason here. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? And then he, then he goes down and, and, and tries to, uh, like we talked about this during, during um, Sermon on the Mount, but he's also trying to uh, appeal to your logic side. And say, so just look at the birds, right? Look at the fowls of the air. Uh, and he picked birds because birds are on every continent of the earth. So every go, there's a bird somewhere. Uh, and so, behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. And you ever wonder about that? You know, sometimes I'll go through just driving somewhere and I'll see a bird or see a, a deer or see, you know, uh, you know, whatever, a buffalo, you know, whatever you see, right, out in the wild. There's not too many buffaloes around here, but, um, <clears throat> but you, you know, you just drive through something. You wonder, how that, how that animal survive? There's no, there's no buffalo Walmarts around that I know of, right? I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, there, there's no Sam's Club for birds, right? How do they get by in life, right? Uh, uh, you know, and... Uh, there's no Amazon for frogs. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? There, you know, there's no, you know, eight, you know so they don't do this. There's not, it's not available to them. How do they get by in life? There's surely no internet, right, for these guys. Uh, and yet, they all survive. <clears throat> and unless sometimes mankind will get involved and mess things up in, in their environment. But uh, they get by every day, right? You know, every spring we've got these barn swallows. It's like we're at war with these barn swallows, Right. Uh, and, and so far, we've not won the battle. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, somehow, they've taken a liking to our house, right? And so they just descend on our house, and they build all these nests in a house. And I wouldn't care, except they make a big mess, right, when they do it. Uh, and if they pick up after themselves, being, you know, bird slobs, uh, it'd be fine. But no, they're not. And so, uh, but they come, and, and they make babies, and they make a mess, and then they leave. And, and, and you know... No natural disaster has stopped them. They keep coming back the next year. I don't know where they go or what they eat, but, but they're there, right? Uh, and so, so Jesus said, look, I take care. He said, now who's taking care of them? He said, the Father feeds them. So that's how they get the food. The Lord in heaven is watching over all the animals of, of nature, and he's making sure that they're well, well taken care of. Amen? Uh, well, well provided for. Uh, and he says, are you not much better than them? Of course, you know, you've got certain people in the world who think man is at the same level as, as animals. No. Man is above animals, right? We're the highest order of creation that there is. There's no other, no other animal that, would, first of all, is made in God's image and God's likeness. No other animal has a spirit. Animals have souls. They have emotions and they have thoughts. Uh, uh, except for, you know, some animals. You're like, that, that animal has not had a thought ever, right? <laughs> no light on that animal at all. It's the dumbest thing. We had a uh, Dalmatian. Anybody ever a Dalmatian? We had a Dalmatian one time. It was the dumbest animal. Uh, I mean, it, it was amazing. You didn't even know how to stand up sometimes. It was the dumbest. It was a dum- so dumb. It was it's just the dumbest animal ever. Now, I don't know if all Dalmatians are that way, but that animal, 
was dumb as a brick. <clears throat> and so it needed a human, you know, how the Lord feed that animal? Through humans, because there's no way that animal, if the Lord put, he put food right in front of him, was like, what do I do now? Uh, and so, <clears throat> uh, but the Lord, he said, aren't you better than them? Now, the Lord is telling us that the Lord cares about you and your life more even than the animals that he takes care of every single day. If he'll take care of them every single day, why won't he take care of you? But well, he will, but you have to activate. See, then uh, animals don't have faith, right? So they're completely dependent upon the mercy of the Lord, uh, the sovereignty of the Lord to provide for them. Uh, so how we activate the Lord's assistance and how animals activate the Lord's assistance is different. Animals act- activate the Lord's assistance uh, just by being. But we activate the Lord's assistance by our faith. And so if we choose not to have faith, then the Lord's not able to assist us. And so we're stuck. And then, of course, people uh, stumble through life and make it the best way they can. But it's rarely to God's best. Amen? You know, and some people are satisfied with not God's best, right? They're satisfied with just barely getting by and barely, you know, uh, living at, at all, barely living at peace, barely living uh, well physically or even mentally. Uh, and they're okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I want God's best. I want to live well and be at peace uh, physically and, and emotionally and financially and every way that there is. Now, and he said, uh, you are much better uh, than, than they. Which of you, by taking thought, as again, he says, taking thought, uh, can add one cubit unto your stature? Uh, and so the same thing, you took the thought, right? Uh, and in that, uh, where it says, can add one cubit to a stature, that, that can be taken one of two ways. One is, is your physical height, but it's really not talking about that so much as uh, the length of your days. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, can you add uh, one length of your days? Uh, and in that, you know, in, in that regards, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we have to be careful about that, about uh, establishing a doctrine that, well, you know, when your time's up, your time's up. No, I mean, the Lord's not going to, he never told us we'd live forever, right? And, and so you, you know that you can have a long life, a satisfying life, but when the time is up, you know, uh, you can't worry yourself into living longer. Uh, and so, uh, and he says, oh, why take you thought for raiment? Uh, you know, there are people who worry about clothes. I'm not one of them, but there's people who do that, right? I know people that do that, right? Uh, what they wear is very important to them. Uh, and and um, it's like I, I, I got get ready for work to do some work the other day, and Chris said, oh, I love your work outfit, you know? It's like, I don't wear work outfits. These are clothes. It's not an outfit. It's just clothes, right? I didn't go in there and say, well, I'm going to match this up with it. There's no matching. It just is top of the shelf, and that's how it got put on, right? And so <laughs> there, was, there was no thought. I didn't take any thought about it at all, right? And, of course, sometimes she looks at me and goes, yeah, you didn't take any thought about that one, did you, you know? Uh, and, uh, or she'll, she'll do something like, uh, I wear, like, uh, green shorts, and, and, of course, top of the shelf is a green, green uh, T-shirt, right? And she'll look at me and go, oh, green day today, huh? <laughs> so now I've got to go change clothes because, uh, you know, she's taking thought of what I'm wearing. You know, I care less. But, uh, and so, uh, but some people do, right? And so, so the nice thing about Jesus is, is, you know, you may not worry about clothes, but you might worry about food. You might worry about where you live. You might worry about your job. You might worry about things, right? So uh, just by saying, well, I don't worry about that, so I'm good. No, you got to look at your whole life. Amen. Uh, and so, but again, he's saying, look, why, why are you so worried about those things? Uh, and just go look at nature again. He says, you know, and nature, nature testifies of God. And anybody who's not a Christian 
it, it's amazing to me. It's like, how can you not be a Christian? Just go walk out through the woods and just look at everything and see, uh, go look at the mountains, you know, just take a leaf and look at the amazingly intricate aspects of a leaf, you know, and how all the veins and, and the chlorophyll and all that stuff works. And it's just amazing, right, how it all works. And, and yet everything in the entire universe is made out of protons, electrons, and neutrons, right? Just those three things. And Lord just mixed them up, mashed them up, and bam, magic things came out of that, right? Not really magic, of course. He's not magical, but, uh, but uh, the Lord was able to rearrange the same three building blocks to make everything that there is. Uh, and, and so he said, go look at the, go look at the, the, um, the li- lilies of the field in verse 28, how they grow. Uh, they, they toil not, neither do they spin, yet I say unto you that, that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And Solomon was the richest man uh, of his time. There's nobody in the entire world that was as rich as Solomon. All kinds of gold and silver. They said that there was so much gold and silver in Jerusalem that, that it, it, uh, it was basically worthless because they just they, they flooded the market with gold and silver. So it, it, was, it was essentially uh, uh, like just pennies, right? It, was, it wasn't uh, hardly of any value because it was so abundant. Uh, and the reason why gold is supposed to be Valuable is because it's rare, essentially, uh, uh, essentially rare. Uh, and he said, uh, he said uh, uh, in verse 30, Wherefore God so clothed the grass of the field. So who makes the wildflowers? The Lord does. Why did he make them that way? Because he likes them. You know, I mean, uh, the Lord, uh, if you look at nature, you, you understand who the, uh, a little bit of who the Lord is. He likes variety. He likes abundance. He likes things that are beautiful. Uh, you know, that's who the Lord is. Amen. Uh, and, and, um, uh, and he's not concerned about wasting things because he said uh, the field which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven. Does the Lord know it's going to be cast in the oven? He does. Right. People are going to, uh, you know, back then they would burn any, anything. And, and, uh, and yet he knows it. And yet he still creates it. And some people are so concerned about you wasting things. Right. Oh, you can't waste that food. You know, they're starving kids in China. Or whatever, and uh, you ever heard that one, right? Uh, we heard that, uh, and um, you know they tried to use it on me, and, and we we had uh, my mom would make uh, spaghetti uh, every Monday night uh, for like a thousand years, right? Uh, and Monday night was spaghetti night, and you know it wouldn't be so bad except you know she would take like one jar and then she'd water it down enough to feed thirteen people, right? One jar of uh, spaghetti sauce, uh, and, and you know when you become you know, when you're three, you don't really notice it. But somewhere along the way, you become sentient, right? You realize, this food's gross. Uh, and, and, you know, nobody told you it was gross. You just realized one day, what's that? Probably four, you know. And so, you know, I struggled with it for years. And then one day, you know, because, you know, now I'm like, by that time, I was like eight. You know, I was like a man, you know, at that time. And I said, I'm not eating this. I'm not eating this, uh, what'd you call it, Jared? Gruel? I'm not eating this gruel, gruel anymore. Uh, and uh, and our, the law at our house was you ate everything on your plate. Uh, because, you know, we, we didn't have an abundance, right? And so you ate everything on your plate. And I'm like, I ain't eating it, you know. And she said, he said you're going to sit there until you eat it. And I thought, well, then there'll be a tombstone right here because I will die before I eat this food. And, I, and that's one of the few times I ever outlasted my mom, you know. And, and I was there for like two hours. Finally, she said, you get to get up, you know. She said something, you know, terribly unkind, I'm sure. Uh, and then <laughs> threw me out of the kitchen. But uh, I won that battle. Not really a great battle to win against your mom, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> and so it was a long time before I'd even eat spaghetti. But, of course, you know, 
that wasn't really good spaghetti, you know, and so uh, it was, uh, and I'm not trying to disparage my mom, you know, she, she did the best she could, right? She, she was trying to make it, uh, make a little bit of food last for 13 people, and she was very creative in doing that, and so she did fine with that. Uh, but rebellion does set in sometimes, and so, uh, but the Lord's not, uh, he's, he's not concerned about these things. And so sometimes, you know, people get all bent out of shape about, about things, right? About stuff. Stuff doesn't matter. Food doesn't matter, you know, it's just, well, you know, you don't have to intentionally be wasteful. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? How many basketfuls of food did he pick back up? Twelve. Now, he could have left it there, but no, he picked it back up because they could still eat it and it was good, you know, and and so uh, you don't have to be intentionally just wasteful and, you know, throw stuff away, but, you know, at the end of the day, if uh, you can't do anything with it, just toss it, right? Uh, And sometimes I'll just get a wild hair and go through the kitchen and just, I'm tossing stuff, right? uh, Expiration date, you know, toss it, you know. I'm not, I'm not afraid of it, but it's like, well, I can either eat stuff that's a year past its expiration date or go get some new good food, right? And I'm thinking, well, I can go buy good food, so, and I'm not going to give a, an expired by a year to somebody that, that I like, right? I might give it to somebody I don't like, right? I'm like, hey, here's some food, and you look at expiration date, you'll know where you're, where you're on the totem pole with me, right? Oh, he doesn't like me because he gave me expired food. Uh, so, so, people get really bent out of shape about things, and uh, and you, you don't have to get bent out of shape out of things. The Lord, is the Lord concerned about it? He's not concerned about it. So just make sure that you're not being uh, presumptuous and, and just trying to prove a point and trying to be prideful about things and well, look at how much stuff I waste. You know, it's just uh, uh, people get all the time, get, get on the uh, people in the United States all the time about being wasteful. Well, anytime that you're prosperous, you just waste more stuff than people that are not prosperous. Uh, and so... Uh, are, are we the, supposed, to be, supposed to be the prosperous people of God? We are, amen? You don't have to be foolish. You don't have to be presumptuous. You don't have to try to prove a point and be prideful about it. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> you know, there's things that you're just like, I'm just going to throw it away. I ain't used it in six months to throw it away. Well, that's wasteful. I don't care. You know, you think I care, I don't care. Um, if somebody can use it, that's great. But, you know, if it's something that's kind of worn out, I'm not going to give it to somebody I like, right? Uh, and so... So it, it's, uh, the Lord's not concerned about it, so we don't need to be concerned about it. That's the whole point of it, amen? And so you've got to find that place for you. I can't give you a law, well, if it's this, you know, if it's only expired a month, you've got to keep it, at, you know, uh, six weeks, you can throw it away. I ain't making the laws for like, like that. Uh, but the Lord's not concerned about it. If he's not concerned about it, we shouldn't even be concerned about it. Uh, and he says, uh, <clears throat> it, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So now he's saying people that worry are what? People of little faith, right? Why are you worried about what you're wearing uh, uh, at all, uh, considering the Lord's going to take care of you, so you've got little faith? So he never calls uh, the lilies of the field little faith. He never tells the birds they have little faith, but he tells people that we are a little faith. So the birds don't need faith because the Lord takes care of them, but the Lord demands that humanity operates by faith. Uh, and so that is a distinction between us and the rest of the uh, creation is the Lord expects us and demands it that we walk by faith. And if we don't walk by faith, then he is unable to assist us and we are on our own. Uh, and, and that's really the tough part there, right? And then the final thing he says, therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? So again, he repeats it three times about taking thought. So that's worry, right? When you take the thought, that's worry. Uh, and, and uh, you know, if you're, you know, now some people, uh, they have this much, uh, I call it the footprint of life. You know, people have got this much of a footprint of life. 
They don't do anything. They don't go anywhere. They don't own anything. They don't have any hobbies. They don't have any desires. They just, uh, you know, they, they don't have a job. They don't have hardly any family, if uh, any family at all. And they just, you know, that's their life. They, they have no, almost no life. Uh, and so they don't really have anything to work about. That's really great, right? But the more, that you, the more life that you want to live, the more the, the temptation to take a thought will become. If you want to be, uh, you know, a, a good member of your family, or if you want to uh, experience uh, the joys of life, then there's just things that will come into your life that will cause you, if you're not careful, to worry, that tries to tempt you to take that thought to worry. Uh, and so you have to be diligent in that to not, to not do those things, amen? Uh, and so he, he finished up there. Uh, well, actually, it was a third time there, but he said, uh, we'll read the last few verses here. But after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Well, the implication is they don't have the help of God. So they're pursuing these things with worry, uh, but you have the, uh, your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, that, that's a good verse there because it tells us the Lord desires to add these things to your life. The Lord's not trying to withhold them, and it's not, you're not being prideful by desiring uh, clothes to wear or food to eat. Uh, and if you connect it with what Paul said, uh, be careful for nothing then the Lord says just you can have anything in your life. And, of course, you can, right? Anything that's within the constraints of the Word of God, uh, you can have that, which is much bigger than what most people think, right? Most people think, uh, you know, bread and water, that's all the Lord's going to take care of me about. No, He wants you to enjoy. Who made the earth? The Lord made the earth. Well, there's nothing wrong with enjoying being on the earth. Amen? It's not our primary goal of, uh, to be on the earth is to enjoy things. The primary goal is to assist the Lord in establishing the kingdom of heaven in people's lives. That's the primary goal. But, I mean, he made this place, so you think he wanted us to enjoy it? Sure he did, amen? I mean, life is more than just the, you know, nose to the grindstone and, and these things. And so, and I was working with a friend of mine one time, and he said, he said, man, you make me look bad, you know? We were peers, both engineers. He said, you go to these places with your wife, you know? And uh, he said, I I'm saving for retirement. I don't want to spend all that money on, on things now. And I'm thinking, why? Wow, that doesn't make any sense to me. You're going to stick your nose to the grindstone for 40 years and hold your breath for 40 years. Uh, and, and of course, you know, I don't know where he's at on faith, but I suspect he's not uh, where he could be in faith so that you can get maybe 10 years after you retired for a good life. You know, it's okay to enjoy your life now. Just believe God for the prosperity to do that. Amen. He's the same, working the same job I was working. So, uh, <clears throat> but see, he... he he wasn't living for the now. He was, he was living for, you know, for tomorrow. And yet, what did Jesus say? Take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil or the troubles thereof. Uh, and so, that doesn't mean you shouldn't plan, right? You shouldn't uh, put together retirement uh, plans and that sort of things. That's fine. Uh, but uh, that, that is a good thing to for the way Jesus said to take no thought for tomorrow because the other ones he just said take no thought about these specific things for your life there uh, take no thought saying these things but here's to take no thought for tomorrow <clears throat> and that's that's essentially the worry right is when you're worried about tomorrow and what's going to happen um, uh, and you know you can still plan for your retirement without worry some people plan for retirement uh, because they're worried about retirement that's not, you know, you can still, two people can do the exact same thing, but one could do, be doing it in faith, one could be doing it in worry. 
So it's not about the specifics about it, but what's your motivation? If you're worried about it, then that's the wrong motivation. But if the Lord says, well, it's wisdom to do that, well, that's fine, because he told, talks about the ant, right? Consider the ant thou sluggard, right? How he, he saves up for, uh, for food for the, for the fall. Uh, and, and so, you know, so he's, the ant's doing planning for tomorrow. There's nothing wrong with planning for tomorrow, but I'm not worried about tomorrow. Amen? And so, so that's, that's the, the key there. So, uh, so we can go back then to Philippians chapter 4. We'll finish up there for tonight. So be careful for nothing. So that, that, uh, that is, is a good phrase to meditate on a lot. Be careful for, for how much? Nothing. For nothing. And the absoluteness of that is what you have to, have to get it settled in your heart. That it's never appropriate from a faith standpoint to worry, ever. About anything, about any circumstance, about any situation. Be careful for nothing. <clears throat> and so, uh, that, that's, uh, again, that goes back to uh, what I've said many times about the absoluteness of the, of the Lord. That he likes to operate at 100%. He didn't say, you know, uh, be careful as best you can. That, that's, I mean... Who, is your goal to shoot for mediocrity? More than anything else, I want to be an average person. My greatest desire in life is, is to be a C student, right? Man, you know, if I can make a C student, I'll, I'll be, you know, I've really arrived, right? And for some people, it may be a big accomplishment, but uh, that shooting for mediocrity is not in, in my DNA, right? I just, I don't, I don't like to think that way. Uh, if the Lord says, be careful for nothing, then and Lord, I want to live that way. Because I know if I can live this way, then it's got to be a good thing. Uh, and, of course, you, you get to know people that worry a lot and fretful a lot, anxious a lot. Then um, you think, well, you know, and all the, all the negative parts that come with that. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, and, you know, a lot of times when people that worry, you really can't talk to them about things. You know, say, well, I'm worried about this. Well, you know, the Lord will take care of it. Yeah, but, you know, you don't know about this. Yeah, but the Lord will take care of that. Well, you know, but you don't, yeah, you, you don't know, really know about that right there. And I'm thinking, well, you've made God so small. And there's just nothing you can, for some people, there's nothing you can do at all. In fact, that, that lady I was telling you about, uh, about uh, with Brother Hagen, Brother Hagen prayed that the Lord would give me the strength to carry half of these loads. You know, I think I can carry half of them. Uh, and I ain't doing that. Uh, he said, you're not supposed to worry about, worry about anything. And he said, she looked at him and said, you're a hard man. That's what she, you're a hard. Because see, they think that you're, you're being hard on them when you're telling them that, well, you know, you're in sin because you, you're worrying. Well, that's hard. I didn't write it. You know, you're a hard man. And some people, um, you know, uh, oftentimes, uh, it, it's uh, maybe to my personality, but oftentimes, when things start happening, you know, I start laughing about situations. Uh, people start try to you know, try to put all this worry on me, and I start laughing about it. And they're like, and they're like, one time someone, why are you laughing? <laughs> because the Lord's going to take care of it, you know. But this is a terrible tragedy. So the Lord's going to take care of it. I mean, what, you know, you're not putting that on me. Uh, and it's just maybe it's just part of my personality, you know, because I think I'm being foolish or not being very serious. But <laughs> it's like we said on Sunday. There's neither good news nor bad news in my life. People try to put bad news upon your life to get you to worry about something. Oh, you know, it didn't come through. So, well, we're not going to make it. So, I mean, it's, it's, well, I'm going to make it. You know, I don't know about that thing over there, but I'm going to make it just fine. Uh, and so, it's, uh, uh, the nice thing is if you can live this way, uh, there's no pressure about anything. 
some, if something doesn't line up in the natural world, and you know, the thing, the thing about living in the natural world is it's not perfect, amen? Things happen. Uh, situations occur. Uh, and uh, the job of faith, part of the job of faith is to, is to command these situations to line back up with the Word of God, line back up with the will of God. If everything was perfect, what would you apply faith to? If you had all the health you needed, all the prosperity you needed, all the soundness of mind you needed, all the victory that you needed, everybody that you knew was saved, what would you use faith for? Faith is here to fix the, the, the limitations of the world uh, and in your life, right, and those and lives around you. Now, and when we get to heaven, now the Lord is a God of faith, right? He created all the worlds by faith. So faith will never come to an end. Uh, but for right now, our primary use of faith is to keep the world in, in order to keep, uh, to allow people to get to heaven. Amen. Uh, and so we'll finish up right there for now. Uh, be careful for nothing because I think we leave with that uh, for you to meditate on that all week. And then when we come back, we'll, we'll finish up uh, verse six. I know we went through verse six uh, a lot. We're not going to go, we're not going to go back through all about the, about the wise and go back to first John chapter five and those things. But uh, I did want to mention First uh, uh, Peter chapter five. So be careful for nothing. How do you do that? You cast your cares, right? Lord, you take this. And you've got to say that, right? Lord, you take this. It's not just, you're not ignoring it. You're not sticking your head in the sand. You're saying, I recognize this as an issue. Lord, I want you to deal with it. I'm not able to deal with it. I don't have the ability to deal with it. I don't have the wisdom or the, the finances or the wherewithal to deal with it. Lord, you deal with it. And that's how you cast it upon the Lord. Amen. It was something for you about, you know, uh, uh, worrying about feeding the dog. Let's go feed the dog. You know, don't pray about that. Go feed the dog, you know. Uh, and, and so it was something that's simple that you can take care of in your, in your own life and just take care of it. But if it's, uh, the worry is the, uh, the pressure about dealing with things that you, don't, that you don't believe that you have the capacity to deal with in whatever way, right? Financially or mentally or uh, from a wisdom standpoint. Uh, and so that's why you've got to cast it upon the Lord. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And, Father, if you said that we can uh, be careful for nothing, if that's a commandment, Father, if that's a statement in your word, then according to our faith, we can and choose to live this way, Father. We choose, Father, to set, to set a stake in the ground this night to live uh, free from worry from this day forward, Father. And as these things and these worries and pressures of life rise up in our hearts and our minds. Father, uh, through your spirit, help us to recognize that and to, and to instruct us, Father, that we are actually in worry or we are about to cross into worry. And, and as you do that, Father, as you help us and assist that, we will be diligent to cast those cares upon you, to ask you, Father, to deal with the situation, to give the situation over to you, to let you deal with it in your time and in your methods, according to how you desire to, to deal with it. And Father, however you do that, Father, however you choose to deal with it, we will be at peace about it. We will not dictate to you how to do your job. We won't instruct you, Father, about how you should do it. We will cast the worry, the care, the anxiety upon you, Father, and you deal with it in your great wisdom and knowledge. Father, we know that you love us and desire good things for us, and we know because of that that you will take care of that. And that's Father, that, Father, is why we can be at peace. And we thank you for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Uh, that right there is worth a whole bottle of Xanax, right? Uh, and so... Uh, <clears throat>
Isn't that Xanax used for, for anxiety, right? That sort of, is that right? I don't know. I'm not up on all my medical terms. What's that? No, she said it was, she said it was for worry, right? Anxiety, right? What's that? Zyrtec, yeah. Well, the Lord can take care of allergies too, right? Uh, and so, praise God. Let's get ready to receive the seedlings offering. And um, the Lord is good. You know, these verses have been a great blessing to my life. Because I go back to these verses a lot. Uh, uh, I don't have to go back as much as I used to have to go back to them. But I still go back to them uh, on a regular basis. And uh, if I ever wake up in the middle of the night thinking about something, I repent, number one, and then I cast. Uh, uh, and that's two, two good things to do, repent and cast. Amen? And so come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. <clears throat> and so, so I sleep good every night. I mean, I just every night, right? Uh, <clears throat> and so I never have a problem sleeping. I don't, I don't have to take any sleeping pills. I don't guess I've ever taken a sleeping pill. Uh, I don't plan on ever taking a sleeping pill. Uh, and so um, uh, sometimes I sleep so well, my wife has to use earplugs, you know, so <laughs> I'm in a different country there. So, all right, praise God. We'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you. We've got Ladies Fellowship Friday night, right? Six o'clock, six o'clock Friday night here at the church, and uh, we'll see you all the rest of you on Sunday.